This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 77 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Cavalier. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips at a price you can afford. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. We'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, Helena. Hello, Glenn. I'll tell you what, I hear you went horse shopping. <laughs> you always yeah. you you shop for horses a lot. I'm a perpetual horse <laughs> shopper. I I I know it's worse than trying to find a husband. They tell me. You know there there is a little black book for the perpetual horse shoppers. When we when we were selling horses, we hated the tire kickers, and we always wished. That I'm not a tire a kicker though. I'm like ready to go. I'm I'm ready to go. Um, so uh, yeah, I did you did nice. you find one? I I, I um. I went for a second round on a horse I rode over the summer. And, and still um, for he sale? was he's still for sale. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so up. he ended up having a I think it's a it's either a stifle issue or something maybe in his his SI joint. He he just wasn't moving behind the way he should, so I had to pass on him. But he was cute and very sweet. But um yeah. So, so keep looking, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we're settled in the house and things are kind of calmed down, I'm hoping that I could really hit the grindstone this spring and find something that's going to be a good fit for me. Well, you know, you're coming down here into Kentucky in a couple of weeks. You're going to have to take a look at what's down here, too. Yeah, as long as it's not 26 degrees down there. <laughs> I'll hop <laughs> on whatever cold. you got. <laughs> we've, we've had a lot of cold just as much as you have this year. It's been kind of an unusual year here in the United States. It has been an unusual year. Um, and, you know, it's funny because since I moved two hours south from my other town, you know, north of Boston to south of Boston, um, I keep, I have this great website bookmarked um, on my computer. It's called Wonderground. Yep, and, yep that's you know, what I use. Yeah. Is it right? Yeah. And so I check the temperatures <laughs> hourly between Hamilton, Massachusetts and Little Compton, Rhode Island. And there has been a difference. It's been warmer here. Um, on average, five to seven degrees warmer. So... And, you know, and we've been about twenty degrees colder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a point I was getting to, and as usual, I got sidetracked. It was about it was warmer here in Little Compton. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. But oh, oh, so anyway, it, it does make the difference between those days where you just can't ride. You know, when it's twenty two degrees, you. I say, forget it. I, my fingers just don't work anymore. Right. But if you know. 32 degrees, it's not so bad. So the, those couple of degrees do make a difference. They make a huge difference. And, and uh, I'll tell you where they make a difference, too, is in our electric bill. We were shocked when we got our last electric bill, and it was, it was almost $300. Holy cow. Yeah. You have electric, right? Yeah, we have heat pumps down here. Down in the south here in Kentucky, gas heat is not very popular because it's more expensive than electric, mm. uh, which is different than up in New England where you really want gas heat. Well, what about oil heat? Not real popular down here. We don't have basements, and there's not a lot of place to put the oh, oil for us. Oh, right. So, right. so it's it's just not heard of down here. But uh, it it did encourage us to go out and get a kerosene heater, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, we spent $300 on the electric bill, and we were cold the entire time because we had it set to like 64 <laughs> At least now we can buy kerosene. It probably costs us the same amount, but we'll be warm. So 64 that's rough. Yeah, that's what we had it set at. It was still almost $300. But it, we had temperature. There was, there was two weeks there. We didn't go above 20. So, uh, and at night, it was, it was in the single digits or, or below. So, you know, yeah. that makes a difference. Actually, hey, that's worse than what we had here. I we know. Had, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we only had like three days of, of low, low numbers. 
Two weeks. Oof. Well, we're not here to talk about the weather. What we are, we have a fun show planned for everybody today. But I first wanted to mention, you know, we forget to mention this sometimes that uh, we had other jobs. I had another job, and you actually still have our co-hosts still do other things, and we forget to mention sometimes the things that they do. And you are a web developer and work on many websites for horse-related uh, uh, professional riders and and businesses and things like that, right? Absolutely. Yes. I, I got my start in this little world, this little niche, um, by offering consulting, business consulting services to uh, stable managers and barn owners who were uh, trying to make a little bit more money in the horse world. And uh, it turned into a, a more creative marketing type of, of job. So I got a lot of projects that way. And honestly, I think <clears throat> horse business owners and most small business owners get the most bang out of their buck from a well-done website. And um, because I have a lot of experience and, and history um, designing and developing websites in the corporate world, I decided to put that knowledge to use uh, for uh, my my fellow horse owners and, and barn owners. And it's really made a difference in their bottom line. So um, we kind of stick with that. When I talk to somebody who's struggling with their business, they, they ask what where whatever little money they do have, <clears throat> where should they spend it? And I always say in a website, get the most bang for your buck. So we are accepting some new projects. If you're looking to uh, get your business out there or perhaps increase your profits a little bit, give us a call and you can visit my website at thebarnworks.com. And it doesn't matter what uh, what size horse business they have, right? No. Nope. Big, large, or small. I do a fair amount of professional riders, some eventers. I do very small barns, veterinarians, um, a lot of horses for sale. We do videos, and it's uh, we do a little bit of everything, you know. Cool. That's yeah. thebarnworks.com. Well, I just wanted to get that plug in there for you because we do forget to mention that, and people probably been listening for for you know six months now and don't know that uh, that you have another life. And actually, that Stable Scoop show is not your entire life, Alina. It, well, sometimes I pretend it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- today I'm very excited. This is something that that actually took us quite a bit to get together. Uh, they're very hard to to. I had to go through several PR firms to to get this uh, interview done today. And we're just very excited that uh, she's coming on. So tell us, tell us who we have. We have well, the show is about Cavalia, which is an amazing performance um, of of people and horses. Um, we're we're going to highlight it. It's it's actually probably the most beautiful equestrian entertainment show that's ever been performed. Um, again, it's Cavalia, and we're going to have on with us Sylvia Zerbini. She's one of the top trainers and performers with Cavalia. She does the At Liberty work with the gray Arabs that you've seen some pictures of. And we're thrilled to have her with us, and she's going to tell us all about her work with these incredible animals and, and what it's like to be part of the greatest equestrian entertainment show ever. That's terrific. And you know, Cavalia is, is just fast, has some fascinating statistics. It's been traveling around the world, and, and, it, and people compare it to it's like the Cirque du Soleil for the horse world. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they have over 35 artists, acrobats, dancers, and riders, and they come from all different countries, Australia, Belgium, Canada, France, uh, one I can't say, Morocco, Portugal, <laughs> Russia, and the United States. So they're from all over the place. They also have their own musicians. They have five musicians and a singer. And they, they have 60 horses that are representing 12 different breeds in this show. So that's a huge uh, stable of horses. And the horses come from the Netherlands, France, Canada, Spain, United States. They're from all over the place as well. And on a yearly basis, this is fun statistics too, the horses eat 17,500 bales of hay, 36,000 pounds of grain, and 1,700 pounds of carrots. And (laughs) and their stable space, now keep in mind they travel. These are all tents. The stable Mm. space spans more than 16,000 square feet. Oh, man. That's a lot of gear to truck around the U.S., no, that's, that's the amazing part is they're moving sort of like, you know, the circus is sort of like uh, Barnum Bailey, you know? Yeah. It's, it's huge. <laughs> well, they have, they do have um, a big top. It's a white big top. Um, it, actually, they have, it, it's not just the show. It's They have the Cavalia Village, which includes eight tents. And I think the center point of the... I thought I'd give you some of the music from their website while you're talking. Are you sure? It makes just as long as it doesn't lull me to sleep. Uh, they have a white big top. They have something called the Rendezvous Tent, a general entrance tent, two artistic tents, a warm-up tent, 
the stables, and the staff cafeteria. <laughs> now, if this were my show, the staff cafeteria would be the biggest one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it takes a lot of people to get all this stuff together. 150 people are required to put the tents up and just prep the site. And those 150 people takes 12 days wow. to set it all up. Um, and then, of course, when all is said and done, it takes them just three days to rip it down. Yeah, you know, we used to do shows, too, and I owned the acting company. It would take us hours to set up all the props, and boy, we'd get them down in 20 minutes. <laughs> Talk about being motivated. <laughs> the white big top is pretty cool. It's 110 feet high, and that's the equivalent of a 10-story building. Um, so that's, that's not no small potatoes. They have 71,000 square feet of canvas wow. to use that to, used to create the big top. Um, and so I think the interior dimensions are 26, something like 26,000 square feet, um, 26,000 and change square feet. So that's, they have plenty of room to move, which is important, I think, especially for this at liberty work that Sylvia is going to talk to us about. And being a guy, there's something that truly fascinates me. And they have a 210 foot widescreen projection thing, uh, that serves as a backdrop for all the projections and, and special effects. That's 210 foot wide TV screen. Oh, you are such a geek. I know. And the stage is 160 feet wide, and that's, that's uh, the same width, basically, as an NFL football field. Um, and, and, and they said they, they have 2,500 tons of sta- sand and dirt, 100 truckloads, to, to build the stage. You know, it's, it makes sense now that it would take them 12 days to set all that I stuff know. up. 100 <laughs> truckloads of sand? I'm almost surprised it only takes 12 days. I know. That shows you how efficient they've gotten at this. Yeah, yeah. And how many people can they squeeze in there? 2,000 and a little over 2,000 people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I, and, you know, it's, I, it's really sad because uh, when they were last in Boston, I didn't have the opportunity to go see them. And I wanted to so badly. I couldn't tell you now why I didn't go, why I couldn't go. But I've been keeping an eye on them over the last three years to see where, you know, what cities they're appearing in next. And uh, unfortunately, nothing's close enough to me where I can pop in. But I think they are in Miami this year, right? Yep, they're in Miami uh, till the middle of February. And I don't know where they go from there. I don't know if they leave the states or, or what happens after Miami. So uh, there, th- I think that we'll have to ask her that and find out where she's headed after that. So I'm looking forward to talking to Sylvia, and we'll be right back with her here very shortly. First, we wanted to mention our friends at Equestrian Collections. Equestrian Collections has a new coupon code for all the horse radio listeners, and you can use it at checkout to get $10 off your next order of $120 or more. The coupon code is horse radio, all one word. Just type that in the coupon section, and they'll deduct $10 off that next order. Right now, because next week, you know what next week is? There, Helena. <laughs> Valentine's yes. Day. And they have all kinds of Valentine's goodies on their homepage that you can buy for that special person in your life or for your kids or, or you know, for, for your horse, whoever you want to buy that special Valentine goodie for. They have some unique ones over at Equestrian Collections, all equestrian-related, of course. And also, they're having a great closeout sale right now, uh, getting rid of some of that stuff that's been sitting around, and they have it on Mega Sale in their closeout section. You'll also find a link to that on their homepage. So not only can you get a discount for Horse Radio listeners by using coupon code HORSE Radio, all one word. You also can buy some cool Valentine stuff and get some stuff at great discounts from tack to clothing. Anything that you really want, they seem to have in the in the closeout section. So go over there and check that out with our friends at EquestrianCollections.com. And don't forget to follow them on Facebook. They have one of the most popular Facebook fan pages around. Just search for Equestrian Collections on Facebook, and I think they just went over 13,000 followers. So, uh, Wow. Yep, join them over there at, at Facebook as well. Thank you to Equestrian Collections. Well, Sylvia's Do we have being... followers? Yes, we do, actually. We have thousands How many do of we them have? now. Between all the we shows, do? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we post all of our shows on Equestrian Collections uh, mm-hmm. Facebook page as well. So all of, the, all of her fans uh, follow our shows as well. And we have our own fan pages, right? Yes, we do, for each show. So you can look up Stable Scoop and, and uh, join our fan page right there. I'm losing my geekiness. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? Here we go. Let's uh, talk to Sylvia Zerbini. Sylvia grew up on tour with her parents, who were acrobats, her mother performing on the trapeze, and her father training animals. At five years old, she was already at horseback riding, and by 10, she was up on the trapeze. At 15 years old, she began training her first Arabian horses, and one year later, together with animals she trained, Sylvia made her debut in the world of entertainment. 
In 2004, Sylvia witnessed her first Cavalia performance, and instantly she knew what she wanted and would be part of the show. Four years later, in the company of ten horses, she arrived at Cavalia's equestrian center, where she diligently perfected her work at Liberty. Now in 2010, her dreams have become reality, and she steals the Cavalia stage in what, what's called the Grand Liberté, in which she performs with her Arabian horses. And the pictures you see of Cavalia are mostly of her and her horses, and we'll put one of those in our show notes. It's amazing to see her with these white Arabians, you know, ten of them around her, as she works with them all at liberty in, in the arena, and it really is the thing that steals the show. It gives me goosebumps just thinking mm. about it. Have um, you seen You haven't. Have you seen it? I have seen multiple videos of it. I have not been there in person, but you can go to YouTube show. and look it up and find multiple videos of it as well, and it's just amazing. So let's get Sylvie on and talk about how, how she does it. And, you know, I, and from what I hear, she's quite dynamic and loves her job. So let's try and get her on here. Well, hi, Sylvia, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We really appreciate you being on with us. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, actually, when you call, I just got off the, the wash rack, and I'm here in the stables with our 64 horses, and I'm looking forward to talking to you and your viewers. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you, when you talk about getting off the wash rack, when you take a look at the pictures of you online and the videos and things, you have a lot of white horses to wash. <laughs> Well, you know, it's um, my um, my job here at Cavalia is I'm the Liberty Trainer, and uh, as you know, this is one of the most difficult uh, disciplines to to come under control with. And so I do a lot of my own. Uh, I care for my own horses, like all the brand new horses that I get into the stables. I'm the first one that washes them. I'm the first one that experiences their character, and then from there, you know, I decide who's going to wash them. And then I decide, you know, who's going to pick his stall because each horse has got, you know, their individual character, and it's really important for us to maintain that for the show. Now, you're at Liberty Horses. You do the At Liberty show, and you're at Liberty Horses. Are they ever ridden, or are they strictly at Liberty? No. Um, actually, for the presentation of Cavalia, I just work them um, at Liberty. But I do have two in my bunch that are um, dressage horses that I, you know, did do dressage work on them. And my number three stallion, I say number three because I perform eight of them at the same time, and the third one uh, in line, he is, he's a dressage horse, and he does everything. I mean, he pjops, he massages, he marches. Oh, wow. But, you know, I, I use him for liberty. And they're all Arabs that you work with, correct? I work with Arabs, but I also work with uh, three other Lusitano horses in the, what we call Liberty 2, where I present two horses at the beginning part. I introduce one Spanish horse, and then another one comes in, and sometimes I have a third one come in. And where do you usually, um, do they, is this sort of their first career, the horses that you have, or do they typically come from other careers and, and then start working with you? Well, no, it's actually their first career. I like, um, in the past, I used to just get whatever horse I could get, and I would teach, you know, Liberty, and I would spend a lot of time with them. But it seems like the more the horses went through different hands, the harder it was to um, get them to trust me. And it sure. seemed like the process was so much longer. And now what I like to do is I get babies and I send them to my farm in Ocala, Florida. And I let them grow up. And when they're about two to three years old, I bring them to the, you know, on the, on our tour. And I'll keep them for about six months just so they get to experience a little bit of the life, and then I'll send them back and let them grow up for another year. But I like to start working with them when they're about three years old. That's a nice plan. I like to hear that you 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 bring them on tour for a little bit, let them experience it, then send them back home and mature a little bit more. That, that's a very nice, well-thought-out, respectful plan, and I bet it shows yeah. in their, their personalities. You know it does, and when you watch my horses perform, you can see that. They are so at ease. Um, it's like this is their environment. This is their home. And we we go to equestrian centers or, like, after we're done here in Miami, I'm going to go back to the farm in Ocala, and, you know, they'll get turned out, and they know that place because, you know, they, they do grow up there, and I feel it's really important. Alaska. <laughs> it's really important for uh, for them to grow. You know, they they have a lot of muscles to develop, and of course, touring. We do have all. You know, we have the the warm up arenas, and we have outdoor paddocks. But 
it's nothing like when they have 10 acres where they just can roam and, and run free and develop what they need to develop. Is that and where you call home then, Sylvia, Ocala? Yes. I now uh, I live in Ocala. We have a farm also in Montreal, in Sutton, Quebec, and that's where a lot of the training, you know, occurs for the Cavalier horses. So we go back and forth from Montreal to Ocala. And how long, uh, how how much of the year are you traveling? And you actually came from a a traveling uh, entertainment family as well. So yes, yeah, I'm nine generations. Uh, my father, you know. His first love was, was animals and horses, so I grew up uh, around horses. My mother was a trapeze artist and also worked with horses, and my grandparents worked with horses. And it's just I don't ever remember not having horses in my in my life. I mean, growing up, we always had horses, and it's uh, just something that I've always done. Have you? Are you traveling a lot every year? Is it on the road all the time, or do you get some home time? Well, we have in between two cities, like we'll finish Miami, and then we will have like two weeks off, and then we'll go to the next city. Um, this establishment, uh, Cavalia, is so massive. Like I said, we have 64 horses that travel with us, and um, it's, it's too much of an expense for us not to work. It's a show that continually has to to keep performing because of, you know, all the expense that we have with all these horses. We have a, a veterinarian that travels with us. We have a farrier. It's it's like a traveling community, you could say. It definitely is. We were reading some of the statistics that uh, that they provided to us, and it, it's just amazing the, the coordination and effort it takes to put this on. Twelve days just to set the place up. Oh, it is. It's, you know, because it's... The horses, we all know what an expense a horse can be. So you can imagine 64, and we've got some of the, you know, biggest breeds here. And we have to have so many, you know, grooms. We have to have so many people that wash them for each other. Like, we already started, you know, this morning uh, running horses and exercising. Not necessarily uh, going through the routines that we present on stage. It's just the regime of, you know, maintaining their... You know, a lot of horses, some of them might have weak backs, so we have a, a special program, and we lunge them a certain way, and we harness them a certain way to maintain their muscles. And so it's a constant, I mean, we start, you know, at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we don't get done until midnight, and this is every day. So you can imagine the, the cast of people that we have here. That wow. Just, that, that brings up some logistical questions. Do you get certain time each day that you can work with yours in the arena and everybody has it? Is it all divided up and that organized, or is it more of a free-for-all? Yeah, we are. No, no, we are organized. You know, um, we have an equestrian director, which uh, comes in in the morning, and he'll have a, a program set up for the night before. And then, like, all the trick horses will come in and all the trick riders will come in, and, you know, each uh, rider has their own horse, so they have that special communication with their horse. They'll come in and... There'll be a lot of walking and a lot of, uh, you know, supplement movements, meaning like shoulders in, and then we'll turn the horses and have them walk with their head to the left, to the right, just loosening the horse up. Then we'll do a lot of trot, walk, canter, and then they'll go in the opposite way. And then there'll be about 45 minutes of that. Then the trick horses will go to the shower, and then they'll bring the dressage horses out and do the same thing. Um, Basically, it's all just exercise. And then I have my own area that I uh, can run the Liberty Horses, and that's all I do as well is just run them. You know, run is just trot, canter, and just a lot of exercise, you know, and I don't do any of the stuff that we do in show. Oh, really? Ah, unless, that's... unless it needs to be rehearsed. So how? So what then are your challenges? You have you take your you basically take the horses' environment with them. So every time you move to a new city, really not much changes for them in terms of you know how they're what they're doing or where they're doing it. Um, exactly right. Yeah, so so yeah. many things stay the same. What are your challenges then? What what what's different? What are the variables in your performance and in your training? And and how are those challenging to you? Well. The challenges of traveling, of course, we try to maintain everything the same for the horses. Once we unload them from the the semis, they understand the traveling routine. They understand when we're hauling. Once we arrive, they understand. They get walked. They understand the bandages come off. They go to the shower. They all get rinsed. Um, The feed times are all the same. It's the same hay. We have our hay imported from Canada, so they're always on the same kind of hay. 
Um, it's always the same horses that are next to the same one, so they always have their neighbors. We feel that that's really important as well. Huh. We try to pick horses that get along real well, and we keep them side by side. Um, that helps a lot when they come into the stables after a long journey. They, they relax right away. So as far as the stabling and the exercise program, there's no challenges because we really try and focus on keeping everything as comfortable for the horses as possible without any stress. The performance part, what gets really challenging is having to do performances every day. Um, we get one day off a week. Um, I, on the other hand, have horses that I can alternate, like um, not in the big Liberty, but in the smaller Liberty where I work one or two horses. You know, there will be just some shows where they absolutely just don't feel like it or it's a challenge because I need to make them like you know, it's their space and it's also my space, and we need to try to work together to create one space. So mm. this part does some challenging because I can't make it, like, work for them. If they think it's going to be work, they'll be totally annoyed with me and they'll want it because they're not in the mood to begin with. You know, they'll <laughs> well, run away know, from me. That's, that's Sylvia, good to hear. <laughs> you know, Sylvia, i got to say, it's probably the same way for you. I own an acting company. We did shows for 10 years. We did 450 shows. There were just some nights we walked out there and we just didn't feel like being there. So it, there's got to be those evenings for you, too, where you're going, oh, I, I, can I do this again? Yes, and you know, but what's great with the horses is because, you know, I was an aerialist and a trapeze artist forever, and uh, I know exactly what my horses are going through. And then sometimes I will just completely do something completely different where I find my horses looking at me like, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> and yeah. they become very inquisitive. And then since I'm working with so many of them, that when I do, like, I'll start to ignore them or I'll go to a different horse that I never go to, and they'll all come over and they'll look at me like, why aren't you coming to me? Why aren't you asking me to do something? So there's a lot of psychology involved, and I kind of get their mood and their brain to a different area. And then it just becomes more interesting for them, and then I try to make it fun. And, you know, sometimes instead of running around one way, I'll just ask them to go the opposite way. And then they're all like, oh, you know, they're snorting, and they're like, what is she doing? And they, you know, and it seems to help, and I do do that. You can watch my Liberty Horses, and you'll never see one show the same. Mm. It's continuously changing. And you now your training techniques. What, is there somebody you aspire to, or that you modeled after in training them from the time they were babies up? You know, there's so many trainers out there with different techniques. You know, I have to say that, you know, since a young age, I've always worked with horses, and really, my time has been so like controlled. Meaning, my my times were like. You know, at 7 o'clock I had to do this, and by 8.30 I had to be finished, and I had to be already starting here. You know, I have 16, I have 17 horses that I work now every day. So you can imagine putting 20 minutes to a half hour on each wow. horse, how long right. that takes you. Yeah. And then you also have a performance. You also have to get ready for the performance. So my life has always been like that. So I have to say that my technique comes from my horses. Um, I've, I've learned to listen to my horses, I've learned how they behave, I learned how they feel, and it's just, I've learned how to share my space with them, I could say. And I think my technique, you know, my horses are continuously teaching me something every day. There's something that I'll notice that, wow, I didn't really notice that before, how they, you know, interact with each other. And I really, really believe that and then all of us, that if we just really listen to them, we can understand what they're telling us. Now, they, I love the fact, I love to hear that you have, I mean, I know it's hard, too, that you have such a regimented life with them. And it's important that it, that exists that way. But do they ever surprise you? Uh, no. <laughs> do they ever if catch you? you, you I mean, you catch them question. off guard. Do they, do they get you, too? Yes, definitely, you know, but I expect it from some of them, you know. Uh, it's like they, they surprise me sometimes, but if there's anybody that's going to surprise me, I could pick out the ones that are <laughs> going to surprise me, and, you know, 99% of the time I'll be right on the money. So you have um, class clowns then? 
I was going to say, you, yeah. you probably have a lot in common with a kindergarten teacher. Yeah, that's right. It, it's exactly the same. I relate to my horses like kids because, you know, I have a 17-year-old daughter and, you know, and their characters from my horses. I can have some of them that remind me of some of my friends, the way they, they act. There's some that are really insecure. There are some that are just so full of themselves. And, you know, there's some that are followers. There's some that are just leaders. And once you learn their characters and you understand their the way that they're thinking, um, it's it's pretty amazing how they are. I I just I cannot imagine life without my horses. How long have you been working with Cavalia? I've been working with them for about a year and a half now. And what and what did you do before that? Before that, I worked in different shows and presented um, my trophies and. Um, Liberty Horses, Okay, and I worked in Europe a lot, and I was on different shows, and I did a lot of equine affairs and stuff like that. And do you, do you now, you know, have, having done performing, I know that, you know, we talked about how there's some nights you go out there and you're just not into it, not as into it as you should be, yet I'll tell you what happened for me every time was once, the, once you were in front of the audience, that all changed, and I'm sure it's that way yeah. for the horses as well. You you know it's true. You come on stage, you can feel like you're not in the best of mood. You might be a little bit sick, and you know, and you come on stage, and you don't know what your horses are going to present to you. <laughs> and I come on stage sometimes, and then it's just like everything disappears. We enter this different world, and you know, I just forget everything. And I think the horses do as well. I try to make everything really fun for them. And when I'm on stage, when I see their personality shine and some of them, how they just love to perform and some of them are just really hams or clowns. <laughs> and uh, that just takes my mood to a different level. And it's just, it's really a pleasure. I don't get many of those shows where I'm just not in the mood. I can do, but as soon as I'm on stage, that all disappears. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't think, I think you have to be a performer and I have experienced that to truly understand the 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 power and the what's the word the energy you get from the audience well that that's yeah, a good it, question too is do your horses feed off of that do 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 they subtly interact with the audience <laughs> well you know i think in my training a lot of energy is used you know i'm working with stallions and uh you know sometimes i'll have some stallions that are very challenging and They'll come in and they'll have the over me. You know, their energy level will be so high and they'll be so dominant. And then, you know, it's up to me, of course, to maintain a, a normal flat energy. If I become too strong with them, they become too strong. If I, if my energy is too low, they become too low. And with the energy of the audience, when the horses do enter the stage, their energy is high already. So for me, you know, it's, it's really on controlling them and bringing their energy down to an equal energy from all of us. But I have to say that, that energy is a big part of horses' uh, behavior, even between each other. And are you still doing the trapeze at all, or still flying you know, high? Once in a, <laughs> no, I don't do trapeze work anymore, but sometimes if we have a bunch of girls that get sick... Um, I did rehearse and learn their part, so in case somebody were to get sick, that I could take their place. Do you miss the trapeze, or do you, does that uh, does that get you know, harder the I, older you get too? <laughs> of course, of yeah. course it does. You know, the flexibility is not like it used to be, and and the trapeze work is you know something that you have to train and you have to prepare yourself all the time and. The time between the horses now that I'm training and preparing, I just wouldn't have the time for myself to uh, to present any type of aerial work. Do you ever see yourself uh, not traveling with with the show, not entertaining? I can see myself without traveling or entertaining, but I cannot see myself without horses. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's just not an option. <laughs> I can, you yeah. know, I can. It's so funny because um, I can feel your energy coming through the phone i it's you know i used to laugh and poo poo at those psychics who say they can do these readings from from across the world and across the phone but for the first time i've ever spoken with anybody who's been involved with horses from such a distance i can feel this energy from you that um i don't i i cannot put it to words but it makes me want to go and sit down in the front row of a cavalia show and just watch you know what it's 
um, Kabbalah is like no other show that I've ever seen. It, you know, the first time I seen it was in 2004, when I was performing on another venue, and I was I had some friends actually that were performing at Kabbalah, and they had invited me to see the show. And I've been to Monte Carlo. I've performed for the Prince. I've performed for many stars. I've been to different venues and galas, and I've seen a lot of shows throughout Europe, throughout the world. And when I seen Cavalli and I sat down for the first time, it was honestly the first show that just took me to a different place. I just sat there, and from the beginning to the end, and of course I'm a horse trainer, I'm a horse lover, and, you know, but still it's just a feeling that you cannot describe and you have to see it to understand what I'm telling you. It's, it's just, it's really an incredible show. The horses, the way that they are at home and the way that they present themselves on stage in the most natural way possible, it's just amazing to see how human-like they are. And that's what I think impresses horse people. I mean, you know how hard we are to impress. But when you, friends of mine who've gone to see the show and all the feedback I've heard about the show is that, is what you're seeing is how it could be for all of us um, with, you know, and, and in talking to you and hearing your your standards and your training methods and your philosophies that that you can achieve such amazing things with your horses without pain, without discomfort, without stress, without fear. It's something I think a lot horse people from all different kinds of disciplines and backgrounds can aspire to. You know, I have to tell you, and I really believe in any discipline, um, not just in performing horses, but in any discipline. Um, the horse's mental capacity is the number one tool. Once before you do any type of work, if it's dressage, jumping, you know, halter class, I think a horse's mental state has to be worked on before anything else. And that is one of our key tools here at Cabalia, to be able to present our horses, you know, in front of thousands of people every night and do a show, you know, and we work 365 days a year. I mean, we can't, we can't stop. We have to continue performing. And in keeping our horses' minds as comfortable and their, you know, their, their power as comfortable as possible, they just seem to give us so much more. If our horses' mental state is relaxed and comfortable with their environment, they will pretty much do anything for you. I think one of the cool things your sh- show does, too, is that it exposes people who are not horse people to the horse world. And I think that's one of the one of the biggest benefits of the show. We're all horse people. We go, we appreciate the horse already, and we love the show. But I think what you're doing for people that aren't horse people and exposing them is is one of the greatest benefits of Cavalia. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. We have a lot of um, audience members that come and you know, they don't know anything about horses, and they do leave with a different respect, you know, for them, and never knew. I get so many people that come and talk to me and just had no idea how horses' personalities, how they were. You know, they're like, they were comparing them to dogs and cats, and they were just so amazed on seeing them, how comfortable they were um, in performing it, what they were able to accomplish with really hardly any guidance. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. You know, we we and I know we're running out of time, and you have more horses to work today. And we just uh, we just gave actually we talked for about a half an hour, so one of them got the day off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one can thank us later. Out at the, uh, the ones that I don't work, I make sure that they have extra outdoor paddock time. Oh, there um, you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, can't, I, well, I did want to ask, you're, you're showing Miami through the middle of February. Is there an announcement of where you're going after that? or We are supposed to be going to Tampa. Um, they extended our tour here in Miami until the 14th of February. Right. And then um, we're supposed to have 10 days of rest time for the horses where we'll turn them out. At, we'll go to Ocala and bring them to the equestrian center and let them be horses. And then we'll open up in, in Tampa. Okay, so you're going to be in Tampa for a while then? Yes. Well, that's and how many, how many different locations will the show do each year? Oh, my gosh. We do about, I want to say, five to six cities a year. Okay. Because and, and it's I, all, all in the United States, or do you do Canada, too? 
We go to Canada too. Like okay. uh, last March, we were in Montreal. So we've done since April. Let's see, June, March. Wait, I'm confused here. Since April, we started in Montreal. We went to Washington D.C. We did uh, Chicago, Atlanta, and now uh, we're we're here in Miami. So we average okay. about five cities. Okay. Tell me. But, so go ahead, go ahead Helena. No, no. So, so Miami is the last show of this series, or do you well, know? We we continue on. We just uh, oh, to Tampa next. We're done in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I, then we I, go I, to New York. Ah, that's what I want to hear. Someplace close to me. <laughs> okay, Sorry, I really yeah, just we are to the gonna, after Tampa. Then we go to New York. Then I think we go to Ottawa, Canada. Okay, oh, wow. and then we're supposed to go to Budapest. In uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, the yes. prince came to our show and uh, he fell in love with it, and he wants to bring it there. So, this is something that we might be doing in the near future. You're going to need trucks and trailers with uh, pontoons on them. Um. I know. <laughs> they they actually wanted us to go there after Miami, but this time of year it's just too hot. I hope that so you get, do you get a little bit of downtime? Have you at least gone to the beach in Miami and said hello to the ocean while you're there? Well, you know, it seems like every dark day that we have is our, okay, it's our Monday, and every Monday's been raining since I've been oh, here. No. <laughs> yeah, so yesterday I drove by to check on the horses, and they were outside in the paddock, and they were just having a blast. They were rolling and making mud baths you know, out in the rain. So they had a great time, and we uh, kind of stayed in our apartment and didn't do so much yesterday. Yeah, I bet you by your day off, you're ready to just crash. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're exactly right. It's like we have no energy to do anything else. Well, Sylvia, hold on here one second. I uh, just want to tell everybody that we really appreciate you being on with us. And uh, this has been a lot of fun. We could talk to you all day, but I know you do have to get back to work. And I, we just encourage everybody, you can check out the website at cavalia.net. That's C-A-V-A-L-I-A dot net. They have a great website, and you can see you see some fantastic pictures of Sylvia on there as well. So we really appreciate you being on, and, and we hope to see you in person sometime. Oh, thank you so much, and I hope you do get a chance to come to Cavalia. It is uh, such a great show to see and see all our wonderful horses. All right, nice. great. Yeah, what, do you have any idea when you're going to be in New York? No, probably, gosh, not for another five months. Yeah, I was going to okay. say four or five months. All right, months, just so I know how to keep my eyes months. open. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Sylvia, that was great. We really appreciate you being on, and uh, that was just a lot of fun. Oh, it was a pleasure talking to you both. And we'll, we'll definitely look you up and hopefully uh, get to see you in person when you, when, you, when you head up this way again. Oh, excellent. It was really nice speaking to you, and you have a good day. Okay, you thanks, too. Sylvia. Thanks so much, Sylvia. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. <sighs> well, that's fun, huh? I, I could have gone on and on and on and on. I know. that she's just a, She was so much fun. Uh, you know, the PR people said she's going to be the one to have on because if you're talking to horse people, you know, she just, you know, she spends so much time with these horses and training them and working with them that she would be the one to speak with, and they were correct. And I love the, um, I just love the, her philosophy about letting the horses be horses, and it's nice to hear that they have paddock time and that she keeps their routine the same. It just, it just sounds like they're doing all the right things, and it, it must be showing in the horse's performance. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure it is, and, and she was great to have on. And of course, they have you know a ton of other performers. She's only one of many. Uh, but as I said, mm-hmm. uh, her portion of the show tends to be the most popular because it is the At Liberty uh, work, and, and that's always beautiful, and especially with the white Arabians that she has, uh, the, the grays. I mean, I, I call them white because they they are white. I mean, they must... I know. There's there's a point where they're so white that you can call <laughs> yeah, them white. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that's correct. You know, and I always get, you know, we're probably going to get emails, you call them white, they're gray. Well, you know, these you are know white. You know what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just, I know. We've like owned gray you... <laughs> horses. <laughs> Yes, I know they're gray, which means I can call them white. That's exactly right. (laughs) Well, that Um, was fun. I'm so glad that she had the opportunity to come on, and it was so neat to hear the horses in the background, too. I love how she stopped to yell at them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Helena and I are going to be right back here right after this word about Amazon. Glenn the Geek here, and we get many emails every week from people who really like the shows, and they ask how they can help support the Horse Radio Network. 
Well, you already do that by listening to the shows and by buying from all of our fantastic sponsors. And now you can add to that by supporting us directly and very easily. The next time you need something from Amazon, just go to any of our websites and click on the Amazon banner in the middle of the page. Then go on and buy your Amazon items. It won't cost you a penny more, just an extra click. But Amazon gives us a little bit back just because you clicked on the banner. Tell your family and friends to do the same thing. Every little bit helps us to keep giving you the quality equestrian programming that you have come to love. Thanks for listening. Well, Helena, this has been a lot of fun. And, of course, next week we have our one of our favorite shows every year is our Equine Love Valentine's episode. Yay! Yay. I can't believe it's <laughs> Valentine's Day already. But, uh, yeah, next week we're going to talk all about equine love. Actually, Aww. the people who love equines, I think, is going to be more the way to do We can talk we about love, love, too. It's all love. It's all love. It's you know, all love. Yeah, love it's is all love. love show. It's doesn't matter what kind of love you're feeling. We want to hear about it. And, you know, things like that. We're going to have to, you know, I think that's going to be a good wine day. You know, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I need an excuse to have a glass of wine on the show. <laughs> and of course, we record this early in the day, but it's after five somewhere. So <laughs> I don't think it's the afternoon. <laughs> so and then after that, the Horse Husbands episode is back for the second year. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then, and then what, uh, a Desperate Horsewives will follow that. Right? So yep. we just have a great month planned. It's, gonna be a, it's just going to be, you know, enjoyable this month. We're not covering a lot of serious anything. So if, you're, if you want serious shows, just tune out for the month of February. <laughs> uh, if you want some entertainment and a whole lot of laughter, then uh, the month of February is for you. You know, it's interesting. I had somebody yesterday say that Stable Scoop is like the car talk of the horse world. I love that show. What a compliment. I know. I was so flattered by that. Those two are the funniest on the air. Oh, I love that show. Frick and frack. Or, or what <laughs> is it? And clack. Click and clack. Click and clack. That's right. Click and clack the Taffet Brothers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Up, up there from your neck of the woods in uh, Harvard Square. They are so smart, too. They, and are, they are so smart. And funny. Just fun. You know, even if you don't give a crap about cars, you yeah, listen no. to that show. And, and that was what this person said was interesting. They said, well, you know, even if you don't care about horses, Stable Scoop's entertaining. And I said, well, that's a big compliment. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a big compliment. Now give us some money. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking forward to what's coming up here. And, of course, you can find all the show notes for our show at StableScoop.com. Links out to the Gavalia site. Please do, do go check it out. They have a beautiful site and, and a lot of good information on there. And they have videos of them doing their thing. And, and there's a ton of them over at YouTube as well. So you can stop yeah. over there and check them out. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. And you can follow Helena at... Helena underscore B-E-E. Helena B. And we would like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Collections, for being part of this show today. And, you know, we know Chris over to Equestrian Collections. Uh, would, she's the kind of person that would absolutely enjoy Cavalia as well. So, because we just love, we love horse entertainment. And it was interesting to hear that, you know, she really started, I would assume, on the circus side doing shows. Um, if she was doing trapeze and things, and then got to do some really neat things for some very important people. So that's just really cool. Well, she said nine generations of <laughs> of, our, of these artists. Performers. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It's just amazing, too, that she was able to transfer what she learned from her parents to the horses. And, of course, her dad trained animals of all kinds. So she just uh, found, fell in love with the horses and what she could do with, with, the, with the horses. And that's just really neat. It's a passion, you know, when you live, when you are raised in a world and a family that that is expressive and passionate. I, it's it almost well, just makes sense. That and you know, having a little bit of an experience with the, with the traveling performer uh, in my life, once you become once if you grew up as a traveling performer, it does not leave your blood. You know, we, we talk about gypsies, quote unquote, and you know. It, oh, I would love to. I always wanted to be a gypsy. Uh, did you? <laughs> oh my gosh! When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a gypsy. I would do the the scarves around my head, and I would dance and sing and make up all kinds of spells and potions. And <laughs> I can see that actually. <laughs> oh, I thought they were just. And I still have a spot in my heart. That's why I say like this: this passion and expression. Like, go out there and find something that you love. People, be passionate about it, and. It will pay you back tenfold in joy. 
Well, you know, we did uh, Renaissance fairs. That's where I met my wife. We were both performing at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair, and we did Renaissance fairs for a couple of years and then had our own acting company. But the people at the Renaissance fairs tend to be gypsies that travel to fair to fair to fair, and it gets in your blood. I still miss it. You know, we did it for 10 years, 450 shows, and I still miss that. I still miss putting on the costume and the sword and all that stuff. Um, you know, it just get, it does get in your blood, and and that travel gets in your blood too. Yeah, uh, and yeah, you know, and I, the connection that you have with the like she said, it's you're you're taking this community who's very tightly built, tightly woven, and you're picking up and moving it from place to place, and that really just reinforces the connection and the bonds that you have with your extended family. And it does become a family. I can attest to that. You really do become close to the people that you travel with. Yeah. And you have to. I mean, <laughs> you don't yeah. have much choice either. That's the other thing. You're <laughs> living in very close quarters most <laughs> of the time. Well, this has been great. I've just thoroughly enjoyed this. I, there's nothing that I like better than talking about entertainment. And then when you wrap entertainment around horses, it just is perfect. So uh, thank you for indulging me, everybody, and Helena, for this little fantasy of mine to, to get somebody from Cavalia on. And we just got to get there. And, and I know. Keep, keep checking the, the website. You know, they do kind of keep it a little bit of a mystery. I, I, I know, that, which is weird. I, it is kind of weird because, um, you know, she, she implied that they're going to be in New York. And then hopefully, I mean, it might not be a set, a done deal. But I'm going to keep my eyes open for their schedule and see when that, uh, when that pops up. Well, it sounds good. If you go to the one in New York, we'll just have to fly up and uh, join you. Yeah, I mean, they were here in Boston just a few years ago, so I don't think Boston's going to be on their their schedule again. But she said New York, so I'm guessing that they would do Madison Square Garden. You would. I don't think. know where else. I don't know where else they would do it unless they did like the Meadowlands or something. Yeah, I don't know I where mean, they need space. enough room to put all those huge tents up. I mean, yeah. So yeah. Huh. Well, great, Helena. We, I'll tell you what, we got to get out of here. People are tired to listen to us jabber on about entertainment and Cavalia, I think, at this point. And they're really waiting for us to come back with Equine Love oh. next week. I mean, do I have to get all the sappy music ready and get all that I'll get ready? the wine and chocolate. You get the wine and chocolate. I'll get the sappy music and the roses. Okay. All right. And who are we having on? Uh, I have no idea. No, um... <laughs> Actually, uh, see, that's payback for the blooper reels. <laughs> actually, I'm holding off telling who's going to be on because uh, the equine love has sort of become a tradition. All right, fine. So i um, sort of holding off telling everybody, but just join us. It'll be fun. We promise. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, be, be sure to visit all the other great shows on the network at horseradionetwork.com. And, then, and we'll be back again next week. Helena? With the scoop. Oh, you can do better than that. It's the love show. We'll be back again next week, Helena. With the love show. <laughs> I can't say that. That's too cheesy. With the love scoop? That would be bad, with wouldn't love it? love scoop? With a scoop of love. With a scoop of love. Okay. We'll be back again next week, Helena. With a scoop of love.